Using RocketPro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our powerhouse squad of purchase underwriters complete document reviews and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, it's Jen Duplessis and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you're really busy, but maybe you're working out, maybe you're riding a bike, maybe you're in your car. And the reason I say that is because people have told me that's what they do when they listen to this crazy podcast. But again, I always appreciate you taking time to listen in. And I have a very, very special guest with us today, Cindy Ertman, and she is an icon in our industry. And we're friends too. And the last time that we got together was, gosh, a couple of years ago in Atlantic City, we had a cocktail before we were going to go on stage or after we were, or the night before. We wouldn't do that. We would never have a cocktail and go on stage. Um, but we had a little cocktail the night before. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun and got to catch up and see what each other were doing in our respective, uh, you know, coaching and mentoring programs, et cetera. And the reason that I wanted to bring Cindy on, and I will introduce her formally here to you in a second, but for those of you that are watching, I'm holding up the win or learn book, uh, the collaborative author book that we were both in last year, we came out and we went to number one status. We should get number one stickers that we went to want number one status. And it's just really an accumulation of many women in the industry that we've all been around for a long time. And we were really bearing our souls on some of the struggles that we had as we, you know, climbed the proverbial ladder of success in a man's world at that time. And we were really being the boat, not the wake, right? The boat. And yeah. (laughs) So let me tell you a little bit about Cindy and then I'm going to be quiet and let her talk a little bit. She is the CEO and founder of the defining difference. It's the name of her coaching program. And she's devoted to helping people master the power of intentional choice to create a defining difference in their own lives. And after being acknowledged in the top 100 most influential mortgage executives in America, several times she, you know, and of course she's been in mortgage origination magazine, spoken on all kinds of stages. We run into each other occasionally. It's been COVID. So we haven't run into each other lately, right? But we do run into each other occasionally. And so she's developed a track record, you know, for success for people who are uh, wanting to take their business to the next level. And it's all about business. So we're going to dive into some personal stuff too, because you're, you're not sharing a lot of your personal things. So welcome to the show, Cindy. It's just a delight to be able to have this opportunity to talk to you because we don't talk any other time. 
Thanks, Jen. Such a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about the book first, and then we'll kind of go into some other things. But so this was called Win or Learn. We crossed out the word lose, right? It's not win or lose. It's win or learn the naked truth. And it's where we were burying our souls and really getting authentic you know, and genuine behind the facade that, you know, we as strong women in the industry, you know, portray, right? We're out there saying, oh, we got this, we got this, we're there. But we were actually sharing some of our secrets. So in your chapter, and I read your chapter this morning, but in your chapter, tell us the part of the chapter that that most resonated with you or is most difficult for you to bear to everyone. Um, there's probably a couple parts in the chapter and that I didn't go real deep in just because the stories were long. You know, we were limited our time in our space. But I think one was going through a divorce, you know, when a, my 30 year marriage came to an end. And that was a really and so I'll, I'll dive a little deeper into that. And then the other probably the most I'll call it one of the most painful parts, if you will, of my personal journey yeah. was in 2004 when my number one referral partner and my best friend on the entire planet was very suddenly murdered by a jealous ex-husband. And that really turned my world upside down without question. Yeah. And I know that story because you shared it with me personally. And I, and as I was reading it, I was like, well, there's good for you, girl. Cause you kept it on the surface. It didn't, it didn't go too deep because it's such a painful you know, part for you. So let's talk about your divorce. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because it's kind of almost a prerequisite when you come into this business is, are you a drinker and have you been divorced? Because you almost have to have that. And thankfully I haven't done either, but you, you, it is that way. This, this business is so, it, it makes you circle the drain quite a bit, right? You're just, it's just such, such a suck on personal life. And I know that this is something that, you know, both of us coach on, but of course that's with maturity, <laughs> maturity that we've realized, you know, that, Hey, there's more to it, but let's talk about impact that you feel that relationships have when you're in this business and how you've learned to overcome them and make you first and not the business. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember when my son was like two years old and I was sitting at my desk and I think I was raised in a very traditional household, Jen, like, you Mm -hmm. know, mom didn't work, stayed home with the four kids. And, you know, we had ended up buying a home in Manhattan beach, California, which is a very expensive place to live. And I remember sitting at my desk and thinking, I still have this vision in my brain that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, not forever, but for a period of time. And I remember like literally having a full-on Cindy Erdman pity party for a couple of weeks, going to work, going, and then coming to this kind of revelation that that was not going to be my path or my journey And it was a really hard kind of revelation because it's all about the choices we make. I could have moved an hour inland and had a much, you know, a different lifestyle in a much less expensive area. But I really was here for the schools and for the the place to raise my children. So came to that realization first and foremost that I wasn't going to be the stay at home mom and kind of giving up that dream. And I've talked to other coaching clients that have had to kind of go through the same when they realize they have a lot of success in this business. But then I reframed it as I typically do when there's any sort of really big challenge in my life. And I went, wait a minute, 
you know, God gave me a talent to actually be able to do this crazy business in a really big way and help more people. And I need, not everybody's given that gift, right? So yeah, I want to yeah. just reframe this and go, all right, I've been given this incredible opportunity. So now how do I really create a way to balance? And, and you know, and I never, everyone always says, well, you can't do work-life balance. Well, I tell you what, I did get pretty darn close. I mean, I worked really hard. And yes, does it take a toll on every area of your life? But I really began, I would kind of dissect my business quarterly. And where that really impacted my personal life is I would get real clear about what I needed. And sometimes, as you know, because you've been there, you know, we need another LOA, we need support. Sometimes you need marketing support. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, but I'll tell you the, the really biggest revelation that and look, I'm very blessed because I was married. I married the high, the, or my college quarterback and married a great guy, was married for 30 years, had an incredible life and raised three amazing children together. But with, you know, it takes a lot of work in any circumstance and you add the pressure of this business and how all consuming. So one of the things I started doing was really dissecting like what was most important so a lot of my coaching, we try to really dissect what are the non-negotiables in your life? And it's that ongoing, you know, giving yourself permission to be able to have a life. Yeah. And so I learned early on that both for the sake of my marriage and for the sake of my children, that there really did have to be non-negotiables. And what I have experienced is that as long as they're reasonable and people know that, you know, how you operate and you've shared what those are. So people know that. So my, on my phone, my outgoing voicemail, it would say, you know, if you're getting this voicemail and it's six to eight o'clock at night, or it was probably six to seven 30 at the time, you know, I'm going to be having dinner with my children. And so just know that I'll be checking my voicemail at seven 30 and I'll be able to call you back. And so I, people knew what to expect, but I gave myself permission. I, my children would tell you when I was so worried, I was working all the time. They said, mom, we are the only family in Manhattan Beach that has dinner together every night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, non-negotiables were two week vacation exhausted. So we went to islands all over the world, you know, every summer we did took two weeks off. And that was one of my non-negotiables to, yeah. to really reconnect as a family. And with my spouse and to go away quarterly. That was another like to do the weekend thing quarterly and, and get to a different location. Cause yeah, my kids used to kill me, Jen, because I would book vacations with no TVs and no internet. And it was amazing what would happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, and the best hire I ever made and for women in this business I got clear in doing a productivity exercise that what I thought I needed another loan assistant turns out I needed a personal assistant to manage my life. Yeah. And I will tell you that was the best hire, best money I ever spent. And she took over managing my calendar, managing my email, helped me with marketing, yeah. picked up hairspray, booked yeah. my travel, booked <laughs> gardeners, yeah, the gardeners, yeah, the yeah. like, I was able to focus on, you know, my business. And then when I was home, really much more able to focus on family. And I, I never felt that my marriage fell apart because of this business. I think there are definitely things when it would, the pressure would start to mound when I either wasn't home enough or, you know, what got challenging, and I'm sure you can relate to this is when I started speaking on national stages for the mortgage industry, because yep. that wasn't like me just working till seven o'clock at yeah. night. I could be gone for two or three days. And 
I remember accepting an event, a big event, big, big, my, probably my first really big event with 2000 people. And it was an event for my daughter and they collided and I was really struggling. And I remember calling my coach at that point and saying, I'm really struggling. And he got me really clear again. So we always have to remind ourselves what our, what, you know, what our priorities are and have our filters around it. And I canceled the event. I would have never forgiven myself to not show up for my daughter's event. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm so proud of you for doing that. Not that you need me to be, but, you know, I love hearing that because, you know, that happened to me two years ago. You know, I had the opportunity to go to, I always say that I always get the, the, all the names wrong. Dubai. I always want to say boudoir. I don't know why, (laughs) but I had this opportunity to go to Dubai to speak and it was very good money, but my daughter was getting married and we were going to look at dresses and could I have moved it? Sure. But I didn't want to. And I said, no, and God blessed me on the backside of it, you know, and I'm sure that's what happened with you as well. You know, one of the things I want to talk about, because we're both women talking about this business, right? Is that the challenge I had, and and I'm still married. I mean, I've been married 38 years. And the challenge that we've had is that sometimes we grow faster than our spouses and Mm. they can't keep up. And I don't think this happens for women. I think this happens for men too. And we kind of grow out of our spouses because of the success that we have in our business. So aside from, you know, in your case, you're saying, you know, your non-negotiables in my coaching, we use core values, right? It's like, what are the boundaries that I'm going to set for my core values? That These are my principles, non-negotiables, same kind of thing. But aside from that, what counsel can you give to someone who's listening and saying, you know, I'm just growing out of my marriage. I'm growing out of my relationship. I, I'm succeeding and I'm successful and all those things are great and grand. But, you know, my mom used to have this quote, we flatter those we scarcely know. We please the fleeting guests, but we deal with many a thoughtless blow to those we love the best. Yes. No, Jen, you bring up such an important point because without a, without a doubt, that was probably the biggest challenge in my marriage right there is yeah. that my whole life, and I don't know where this really stemmed from, probably because I, you know, I very was very close to my dad growing up. I'm a growth junkie. I wouldn't be a mortgage coach if I wasn't about growth. And now I get to fuel people every single day and pour into them and help them grow, which is such a great gift. But the reality is I was always a growth junkie. And so, you know, I was one of the top producers in the nation. I was running a very large branch of 65 people. I had 32 LOs I was managing. And my partner and I built a region under, we were the 12th largest mortgage bank in America. And I, I was raising three kids. So I had a very, very, very full life. But the reality was, I continued to go, whether it be mortgage conferences to continue, even though I was on the stages teaching people, I also would go to conferences and learn from every single person in the room. Absolutely. Yeah. I also became really, really interested in personal development at a young age. And so I followed a lot of personal development leaders. Mm -hmm. And in 2009, I had met in 2006, I met Jack Canfield, who wrote all the chicken soup, for the soul books. I met him at a mortgage conference. Yeah. Stephen Marshall's conference, gentleman sitting next to me said, have you read his book, The Success Principles? And I said, no. And he's like, you should really get that book. It's really great. So I liked Jack's message. He was very down to earth, very grounded, my kind of training. And I went home and I bought the book 
And I, I didn't just read the book, but I studied the book and I really resonated with Jack's message. So I ended up reaching out and through a long series of things, this is funny how, you know, the universe is when you set your intention, but yeah, I ended up getting invited with a friend to go to Jack's home. He was doing a video training at Jack's house. And I went sort of as a fly on the wall and met Jack's president, Patty Aubrey, and we spent the better part of a day together. Long story short, I signed up for his year-long training program, Train the Trainer. First year he ever led it with 100 trainers from all over the world, three physical weeks together. My husband thought I was insane. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, my friends thought I was insane. And to be honest, I kind of thought I was insane too. I tried for three days to get out of that training, get my money back because it's not what I signed up for. But what that training taught me is that sometimes what we think we need is actually not what we need at all. And so I thought I needed more business training and that ended up being a deep dive in the personal development world. And when I came out the other side of that, I remember going to thank Jack and tears just like pouring down my face and me looking at Jack and saying, you took me on my longest journey from my head to my heart. My heart. Yeah. And he got me completely Jen reconnected and back into my body Mm -hmm. and It was at that moment when I got home that I had stopped long enough to realize that this marriage I had been in was hugely disconnected. But I think in this business, we move so fast yes, that we don't even feel anymore. You know, and I'm sure people can relate. You know, it's like you get into that sphere of you're going, going, you're getting up, you're getting kids lunches, you're getting them off to school, you're getting ready. Go, 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 go. go. Yes, constantly. So yeah, for me, that was, that was sort of the beginning of this realization of disconnection. And then I'm a fixer, right? Like mortgage people are, we're going to fix this. And so how can we reconnect again? But what started to emerge was I was a growth mindset and I was married to someone more fixed mindset. And I just had all these desires and passions to grow and we weren't growing together. We were growing apart and that is very much what happened. So you hit it right on the head. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm not an expert at, I mean, you know, Brian's in the mortgage business, so it helps. It helps that he's in the business, but you know, even in with my dancing, you know, cause you know, I'm a competitive ballroom Latin and swing dancer. So I'll get really you know, I'll start graduating and going higher and higher. And and then I go grab him and say, you need to go catch up and get three more lessons because otherwise I'll never be able to dance with you again. You got to stay with me. Right. And so sometimes we have to stop and look back and kind of pull and tug and, you know, get them there. And I'm, I'm just blessed that he's of that mentality, but not to the speed that I am. And so the reason why I wanted to bring up this topic, because I had a sense that that what it was, that's what it was, because most of us women in this book, have that kind of story, whether we're married or divorced or not, we have that story of growth where the other party, you know, resents, gets jealous, can't keep up, whatever the reason is. And I want to point that out for our listeners, because I want you to recognize that in your growth, that it's good to grow. Just make sure you bring your family along with you, you know, and that they're willing to go with you and that you have a real conversation about it. 
you know, in that growth. So thanks for sharing that and, and, you know, uh, validating and edifying the fact that, you know, that is something that is a problem, I think for our industry, just because we don't, we don't recognize it. I want to kind of switch gears and talk about um, some loan things, right? I mean, one of the things that you said in the book is that you, what you have truly learned is highly successful people are willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of growth. And don't we know it? (laughs) You have to get your panties in a wad and do what you have to do. One of the things that I'm going through right now is a year-long program with Darren Hardy. You know, he's my right. Jack Canfield. And and by the way, I'm working on my TV show with Mark Victor Hansen. He's he's involved in that. And he co-wrote, you know, Chicken for the Soul, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, you know, as as we you know, decide that we're going to take this growth path, you know, and, and I imagine that anyone who's listening to this is saying, you know, how can I get more loans? How can I close more houses? Right. Cause I have both realtors listening to and entrepreneurs. How do I get more? But one of the things that Darren is teaching us, it's amazing when he just taught us about courage. You know, if we could just muster up 20 seconds of courage so that we don't have a life of fear for that one situation, right? So in lending, in real estate, we have to make that nasty call to eat the frog, right? The term, Brian Tracy, eat that frog, or we have to, you know, just do it. We have to make that nasty call, or we have to make the call that's going to make us feel uncomfortable. And they might say no, but that truly is how you grow. So I'd like for you to expand on that and really speak to the audience, you know, in saying, and here's how I want you to kind of work, work this in. Last year was a killer year for everybody. Everybody had a great year, you know, best year ever. I just spoke at a conference last weekend and I, who, who had the best year ever? Oh yeah, great year ever. But now the dust is settling. And immediately last year, I kept preaching and preaching. Look, you got to work on your foundation. You have to work on your foundation because this is why everybody was struggling when it first came out, right? When rates dropped and everybody was crazy busy, they didn't have that foundation and the process in place. But I was concerned about short-term gain for long-term pain. And now here we are, you know, heading into fall of this year. And some people are doing very well and others are going right back into that same doggone pattern. So true. So true. So what do they need to do? What do they need to get uncomfortable with right now to ensure that they don't circle the drain and go down the drain so we can turn the faucet off, plug it up, and they can get filled up? Well, look, and we know last year was such, you know, we've, you and I've been through a couple of those anomaly years in one's career. And I I always (laughs) say that, you know, the year that I hit my highest production year and I hit 200 million in personal production with a team of four people, we were lucky on many levels. We had built the systems and the processes and the team, and then the stars aligned, but I already had the team and the foundation built. Yeah. So we were able to take advantage of that market. And so last year, I think one of the struggles, you know, particularly as a coach and helping people build teams for a living is that so many people did not have their systems and their team in place, and they really weren't able to take advantage of that market. And the people that had built the teams and had built the foundation- Exponentially grew. Like, you know, tripled- right. their- in one year. Yeah. One of my clients in two years went from 40 million in production to 58 million in 2019 to 132 million in 120 right. because that whole year before we built the team. Yeah. 
close 571 units. Right. And didn't leave any money on the table. There's so many people that I feel left so much money on the table because they didn't, you know, all the purchases were coming to them because everyone's like, I, I don't like you. I want to get a divorce. I want to move. I don't like my house. I've, I've had my job change. I needed whatever. They were all working on purchases, right? For a period of time. And then the refis kicked in, like all of a sudden all the refis kicked in and thank God your clients called you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God they called you. <laughs> you know, the key is, as you know, but I mean, the only reason that I ever got to 200 million in personal production is my whole career. I did one thing. And again, I had so many mentors, you know, the, the Greg Frost and the Tim Rahims and yeah. so many people all, that all I of us, yeah. spent my life with early on. But the thing was, I always focused on purchase business, even in a refi boom, and I never stopped prospecting. And I really feel that served me well. And I, it was uncomfortable then. It's uncomfortable for many people 20 years into their, their business. But the reality is what, you know, the, the fear is the thought process of making the call, right? It's the yeah. thought process of making it like Darren's saying, you know, the 20 seconds, it's just the fear of that. Once you actually start talking, the fear dissipates within about right. seconds. Yeah. You only need a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. One of the things that it's how I, you know, got over my own fear of public speaking. I used to have a debilitating fear of public speaking. And there was this like revelational moment in time where all of a sudden I realized it's not about me. You know, we're on a stage in front of thousands of people. You think you're going to flub up or maybe you're not going to be relevant or maybe you're not going to touch the audience. The reality, it wasn't about me. And when I really realized it's the same thing in your mortgage business today, if you really take the focus off you, I'm afraid to call you Mr. Realtor because I think you're going to hang up on me or you don't want to talk to me. Right. It's not about you. It's about being in service to someone else. And I always looked at it this way. This is how I got through my fear because we all have it. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I don't have your business anyway. You know, yes. if I'm calling you cold, I don't even have your business. So right. what do I, I have nothing to lose in making that call. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and how many people really just hang up on you? You know, I mean, even if they did, oh, so no, about. but the reality is they're not going to kill you. So it's a matter of, okay, we've got, yes, there might be a little bit of a challenging moment with people, where they're telling you they've already got a lender and don't bother them. And it's like, okay, great. Well, Hey, I'm here. If I can ever help you and you go about your day, but the reality is we don't have their business anyway. And it's not about us. You actually have something really genuine to offer that person that you're calling. And so one of the exercises we do with my coaching clients is really getting clear on your three greatest gifts. They very genuinely are. And whether you've been in the business a long time and you're really clear on what those are or whether they're just your organic gifts that you were born with, right? That you're a great communicator or, you know, you're not going to know all the guidelines right out of the gate, but getting really clear and then shining a brighter light on that and being able to put voice to what those gifts are in a way where people want to connect with you. Because at the end of the day, we're not really in the mortgage business. We are in the, we're in the relationship business and the connection business. And your job when you pick up that phone to call a potential referral partner or someone you've been referred to is to be a light for them, to help support them, to help them build and grow their business, to learn about their story and to be a resource for them. Yeah. And I built my business by just making other people 
be yeah. more successful. Yeah. I've always said it's not a sales call. It's a service call. And, you know, and especially when we're talking about nurturing your community, you know, after the closing, because I think a lot of people say one and done, and thank you very much. We finished, we're done. But if you can make that an infinity sign, right. And we're, and we're saying, oh gosh, let's, let's create these beautiful, loyal people that come back, but we have to communicate with them. And people say, oh, I don't know what to say, but remember, it's not a sales call. It's a service call. It is, you're there to serve them. You're there to help them. And how dare you not serve your client? How dare you not do that? They're waiting for your help. And that's why I said, you know, thank God people had their clients call them, (laughs) but look how many got called by their servicer and went that way. Right. And, you know, whether you have a dedicated, you know, team member who handles all those refi booms or not, you know, um, so that you can focus on the purchase side, doesn't matter. It's that, you know, you've got to have these foundations. So, so I think what you're saying is, and so correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is this uncomfortableness, this courage that we're talking about here is, you know, just shut up and do it. Just pick up the phone, just pick it up. You're not going to die. Life's not going to end. Just do it, you know, pick up the phone and do it, but be sure that you know what the value proposition is. You can't sell products. You can't sell rate. You can't sell service. You can't sell those things. What makes you special? Make sure you know what makes you special. And I, and I love that you say that because it's a big part of what we talk about too, is just getting clarity. If you're selling everything to everybody, you're selling nothing to no one. Well, and the other thing that I used to do, you know, because let's face it, you get a lot of voicemails, right? And they're like, well, do I leave a message? Do I not leave a message? So yeah. I love scripting because, you know, whether it's your script or you're taking one of my scripts, the reality is when you have a script that you can kind of make your own. I mean, it became pretty easy for me if I would write down my script I would map it out. I would practice it three or four times, you know, just at my desk. And then it, then I could just say it, you know, pretty comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are just like, I don't know what to say. One of my clients last year, he's been in business 25 years. Mm. And he said to me, you're going to kill me, but I've never called a past client. Oh my God. Well, first of all, they're not past they're alumni because they're going to come back. I I've known this guy for a while and I was just so surprised. Yeah. Why have you never called your past clients? Because I've never admitted it. He said, because I don't know what to say. And so on our coaching call, I said, let's write a script right now. Yep. So we wrote a script right then and there. And I said, you tweak it however you want, but this is your, this is, this is what you need to do. And this was in 2019. Actually, this was when we first had this conversation. So, so it wasn't like the boom of 2020, but I said, all right, Chris, I said, I want you to call five clients. They don't need to have to refinance. Just call five people between now and Friday with that script. And he committed to do all your favorite ones. It'll feel better. (laughs) Right. It was so crazy. Two days later, he called me. He said, oh my gosh, Cindy, I've only called three people. I got three loans. He got three for three. Yeah. And it was like, I can't believe he goes, I'm increasing my goals by a million a month because I'm going to call my clients. Yeah. And it was just, it was this revelation for him because he finally had a script and he felt okay, knew what to say. But after 25 years, he didn't know what to say. Just yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I have a client who's similar to that too. It was all purchase and, you know, and she's now, you know, closing like 52 loans a month. She'll be, you know, probably 110 million this year. And she was doing the same thing. You know, I didn't know what to say, didn't know what to say. And I said, just call, you know, five, 10, how, whatever we said. And she called me back and had the same results, right? The same results. Hey, this is pretty easy. I should do more of it. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. 
No kidding. So, you know, so listen to us as you're, you know, listening to this podcast, listen to us and say, you know, I call it acres of diamonds. That's what I call it. We have, we we have acres of diamonds. We've had loans fall from the sky. That's like stars falling from the sky. They've all landed on the floor now, right? They're all on the ground with these acres and acres of diamonds. And what we're doing is we're stepping on them and smushing them and cracking them, but breaking them instead of picking them up and cultivating them. Right. There's so much there uh, for us to have. So, so, okay. So, you know, uncomfortable action, that's what it's called, uncomfortable action. And once it's uncomfortable for a few times, it's like anything else will become very comfortable and be a piece of cake to pick up the phone and call anybody. So I want to ask you, you know, when you think back on your career and your favorite, you know, the favorite part of doing loans. So I want to take you away from marketing. I want to take you away from relationships and bring you into the actual conveyor belt right? The conveyor belt of doing loans. When you think about, you know, everything that you've gone through and the adjustments you had to make to make your conveyor belt faster and better and nicer and bigger and, you know, all the pieces of it, what's your favorite part of the loan process when you're engaged with it? Like some people like numbers, some people like underwriting, right? I was in a super jumbo market being Manhattan Beach, California. I remember having Lots and lots of back in the day of, you know, investment banker clients. I became masterful at tax returns and really complicated tax returns. And I studied tax returns so I could pre-qualify one of my borrowers with, you know, multiple corporations, self-employed borrowers with lots of, I mean, K-1s. It was, my clientele was, they were not the easiest loans on the planet. That's for sure. Yeah. They're complex. They're not complicated. They're complex. They were definitely complex loans, but I became, that became really my, my specialty. So, you know, but when I finally hit like really big numbers and I got to be consistent over 150 million a year in production is because I got really clear on the top five things I wanted to do in the mortgage business. So I would encourage people to really think about that. If you're an originator, like really get clear on what are the top five things you want to do and then build your team around that. So that's what I did. And I said, okay, I want to do basically five things I want to build at the time for me, I built my business mostly on realtor referral partnerships. That was my gift. And I knew how to provide massive value to them. I wanted to be build very deep connected relationships with my clients. I'm very curious. I wanted to know them and their story I am a structure queen because I was so great at returns. So I was a structure master. So I would structure the deal. I would lock the loan and I would toss the ball. And that was kind of my thing. The other thing that I did that I, a lot of people hesitate to do because I hear it every day, as I'm sure you do too, is, you know, if I pull myself away from my borrowers, well, I'm afraid I'm not going to get any business because they want me mm-hmm. now. Well, of course they do because you can do <laughs> better, faster, you know, but the reality is, is understanding that when you build team, the team is a part of you. And if you're lifting the team up so that you're building it as a cohesive unit, then, and you start selling the team instead of you, yeah. it makes it much easier to, you know, explain the process. So when I would finish my initial call with my borrower, I, you know, my famous word malign was, let me tell you how our team works. Yes. Oh my God, that same line we used. Yeah. (laughs) And I will, I would just introduce them to my loan coordinator, which is what we called our LOAs. And 
she, her job is to take your loan through the process and she's going to be your point of contact moving forward. So I took myself out on that one call that I was not the point of contact yeah. moving forward. And you know what? I had a great team, so no one had a problem with it. Yeah. And I got to make a couple of cool calls like, congratulations, your loan's approved and congratulations, your loan is funded. And we're so excited to have the opportunity to serve you. And, um, but it, you know, like when you get really clear and everyone begins to stay in their lane, you can create that conveyor belt that creates the speed and your clients will love you. And it does not have to be you. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I preach this day in, day out, day in, day out, <laughs> you know, all the time as people are creating teams, you know, and I think that I think uh, the one thing that that I just want to share in the context of this is that when you start having more business and you're breaking, you know, you're hitting that glass ceiling and you know, you have to hire people because you don't have infinite energy. You just don't. You certainly don't. The one thing that we all have to understand is looking in the mirror is that because we have that me mentality of they want me and it's sort of an ego, right? There's a little bit of an ego, like I built it and they want me. Um, but what ends up happening is, yeah, you know, for example, the tax returns, it's so funny because that was my bailiwick too, because I was an underwriter before I was in. So I would, oh, give me tax returns, right? But then I realized that my highest and best use wasn't doing tax returns something, it was doing something else. But what ends up happening is when you start growing your practice and you think you're doing really well, once you look in the mirror, you are the problem. You're the problem that's holding things back. And you actually have a, you know, the law of diminishing returns, right? You're not as good as you used to be. And so hiring someone who's better than you're performing now, not the better than the way that you think you perform. <laughs> and as long as they're rock stars, you know, will help, help you, uh, you know, grow your business. The other thing I wanted to say is we never said, I'm giving your loan to somebody. We always said that, listen, she's better than me. Me too. I said the same thing. It's she always a hand up, never a hand over, never a hand down. We never called anybody assistant, never a hand down, never a hand over, but a hand up. She's so much better. He's so much better at this than I am. So lean on them. They're here to support you. They're here to help you. Absolutely. There's no question. I mean, it is hard at first. I used to always equate it with having a full-time nanny that helped me raise my children. You know, it's that as a mom, you're kind of like, oh, I want them to love the nanny, but not too much because I want them to love <laughs> the right. I used to just equate it. And when I realized <laughs> it's like, no, I want my kids to really love our nanny like a mom because she's helping co-raise my children. And that's a really part, a big part of their life. And so I just decided I was going to feel exactly the same way. And I knew, Jen, I had arrived when my you know, loan coordinator was getting the closing gifts and they transitioned a little and bit. And invited away. to the weddings. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. You know, beautiful thing, and it's like, yeah, I've arrived. It's like they love my team, and yeah. and loans closed that you didn't even know came in, right? And that's that's part of it too. You know, I'd go, where's that loan from? Oh, they called us and we took care of them, and you know, it was a refi, and we've worked with them before, or whatever. You know, it was an easy deal. We didn't even need you. Ah, that's awesome. Because the bottom line is, Sam Walton does not need to be walking in every Walmart. <laughs> it's true right well, he doesn't need to be walking in every walmart it still happens he created it yeah and they always say like you know you go to the heart surgeon you really don't want the heart surgeon you know doing the prep and taking your blood pressure and like 
want them being the best heart surgeon they can be, that's right? right. So, that's right. Yes, 100%. I, that. I think I it, it, it takes a minute to get your arms around it and to let go of the ego. One of my clients this morning, huge producer, she's a $180 million year producer. She's coming to our retreat tomorrow. And she said, I still have such a need to be needed. And <laughs> it feels good. It feels yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, it does. We all do. We want, we all want validation. There's no question about it. You know, that's, that's, I think what we want to be looking at is, you know, being validated that what I created, this team I built is something that people want to come to. Right. You know, that's, that's where the need is, is to continue to, to elevate that team and elevate the service and the experience that people are getting with you. So I think that's really powerful. Well, Cindy, listen, it has been fantastic to chit chat with you. I thank you so much for coming on the show. And, you know, it's been a pleasure to work with you, you know, book and the collaboration because we had all kinds of little meetings on the side <laughs> that we were all having. It's really fun. Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, just finding ourselves, you know, saying, gosh, you know, we're not out here alone. And I, and I hope that that's what everyone sees here is that we don't have to be competitive as, as mentors and coaches and speakers with other people. We want to collaborate. And so there will be people that are drawn to your style and want to work with you. And we will have that link available for you so that you can connect with Cindy and uh, find out more about her coaching and speaking and, and all of the wonderful things that she does. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to uh, one last question, because I'm going to dive some, a little bit into personal, personal stuff. Yes. When you are looking for junk food, what are you looking for? French fries. French fries. Ah! <laughs> don't tell me you dunk them in mayonnaise. because no, 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 no. I don't dunk them in anything. It's so funny. I said, the only two things I don't ever want taken away from me are bacon and French fries. <laughs> that's good. That is good. That's good. I think it's always good to know what is that go-to thing? You know, that everybody, I don't like sweets at all. You can take all the desserts. I don't even have them in my house. So I guess I'm really grateful for that, but I do like savory and salty foods. And so I'm like, if I was (laughs) going to go to one favorite junk food, which I only allow myself to once in a while. Yeah. 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 French fries would probably be it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Now we all know what to send to Cindy. (laughs) French fries. Yeah. Just send you French fries. Send her French fries, order French fries for her and she'll be a happy camper. Well, again, it's been a blessing. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah. Have an awesome day. You too. Thank you again for being on the show. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.